This is Foreign Founders, a Chibit podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Foreign Founders. We explore the stories of builders and creators from all over the world. We have a focus on entrepreneurship and the dynamism of building a company. Today, we have Per Obiera, co-founder of Cashew, a marketplace of st- for stylish quality and affordable used furniture. Cashew aims to make the process of buying used as easy as buying new through a full money-back guarantee and on-demand delivery across the continental USA. Join us as we learn more about Per's vision for Cashew.org, the challenges he's faced as an international founder from Berlin, Germany, and his insights on the future of the circular furniture industry. Welcome, Per. Thanks Thank for so coming for on the show. Me, yeah, for sure. I'm excited about it. It was a very yeah. nice intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you um, taking the time. I would love to maybe start out with just your background. How, where'd you grow up? Um, do you grow up in Berlin, Germany? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of my life I spent in Berlin, Germany, um, up until the age of 18, actually. Um, then I took a gap year to explore myself. Um, some call it a sabbatical, I guess. And uh, after that, I moved to San Francisco right away for, for my studies. Now, uh, did you have siblings? Like, what was uh, were you... mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lots of, so I have four siblings, but all of them are considerably older than me. Um, my, okay. my brother, my half-brother, he's 58, I think, now. And all of my sisters, they're around the age of 40. So I'm, I'm Got uh, it. the youngest. What was that like? with such a big age gap growing up. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like to say that uh, I have a lot of siblings, but I really grew up by myself. So I'm, I'm sort of like a single yeah. child, even though I have a lot yeah. of siblings around me. Um, yeah. And and honestly, it's been it's been pretty amazing because I with them, I kind of have this uh, parental sort of supervision, but I also have a brother and sister, which I can c- confide in, um, even though they're much older than me. Yeah, and are they, um, any of them, founders or have businesses mm, actually none of them my brother he's a lawyer he start, started his own law firm when he was around the age of 30 but other than that there's not much entrepreneurship on on that level of of the family tree interesting so i'm very curious now then how how you got to the point where you are so you graduated from high school right mm-hmm. and took a gap sabbatical um what were you doing in that uh gap yeah so so for most of the time, um, I, I went traveling with my girlfriend. We went to a few countries to Southeast Asia. And and really, I, I kind of decided I didn't want to study. So I didn't want to go to university. And I didn't plan to apply to universities, in fact. But one of my teachers was so kind to apply me to a few universities. So <laughs> around the end of my gap year, she, she told me she, that she got a few interviews for me, which I'm definitely forever grateful about. But I, I attended some of the interviews. And really, um, one of the universities, I th- it's an American university, so you, you guys do very good marketing. Um, <laughs> um, and they, they kind of convinced me with all their scholarships to, to join them in San Francisco. So, And San Francisco nice. is a beautiful country. I always loved exploring and, and really taking, yeah. taking an adventure. That's how I yeah. got there. <laughs> so that brings you to San Francisco. You go to school there after a gap sabbatical, first mm-hmm. time leaving um, home for extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, for for the first time, being being somewhere else, living somewhere else on my own accord, so yeah. so definitely very exciting. Meeting all these strangers, making new friends, um, yeah. definitely one of the most exciting times of my life so far. Definitely. 
And by that point, did you know that ultimately you would want to start your own company? Mm-hmm. I, th I think so. I think I, I was always interested in entrepreneurship um, ever since I can remember, just simply because I've never been someone that um, is very compatible with authority, so to say. So I was always <laughs> the annoying kid in class asking, you know, oh, why do I have to fold this paper into a tree? Uh, why can't yeah. I make a paper airplane? So I've never liked people setting my goals. I always like to set my own goals. And entrepreneurship really is is the vehicle to do that. And I guess that's where, it's, where it all started. <laughs> I wonder if that's a, a function of your pseudo, pseudo single child. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, would be interesting to explore. Maybe it would have been different if, if I had yeah. a few more siblings around. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that's awesome. So did you, uh, you know, when you were like kind of anti-authority, did you ever start a business like starting uh, growing up? Mm, not really. I mean, not not yeah. sort of like a business. Always sometimes in high school, I would, or like in middle school, we had those like little figures i think they were called gogos and i would sell them on the playground but nice. <laughs> that was really my my biggest entrepreneurial experience until we we started the company <laughs> yeah and tell me about uh starting cashew where did you find your co-founders where do you meet them and why um what was the initial discussion that went around that mm -hmm. so i think the the initial discussion really or where, where cashew really started what used to be treasure hunters back in the days really started mm -hmm. is when when um, I think in the last year of, of university or the, the year before the last year of university, I purchased a very nice old Ford van from 1985 on Craigslist for like $1,000. And the initial idea was for, for my girlfriend and myself to, to travel to Mexico, which we also did. I was planning to resell it when I came back up, but it really just provided a lot of utility to me and my friends. And and uh, the two co-founders that I also found a cashew with, um, I, I used to live with them, and it was just being extremely practical because we were moving a lot of times. We went from uh, Oakland to San Francisco, and then every year we moved within San Francisco. So just having that sort of um, mobility around moving really helped us out a lot. <laughs> and and that's also when when the idea of, of cashew really originated because um, we, we figured out that there's a problem, that it's always extremely stressful, first of all, to find furniture, but second of all, also to move furniture. And, and that's when we, we kind, of, kind of started this idea of treasure hunters, where we picked up a lot of furniture on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace that was listed for free. We would bring it to our house and we would clean it, refurbish it, sort of, and then resell it on, on, on a few other marketplaces and, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully make a profit. <laughs> And with that, were, were there companies doing refurbish, refurbished uh, furnitures before? Yeah, there, there's quite a few companies, but especially, I think, during COVID, where a lot of people, um, first of all, um, were staying a lot of time at home, you know, looking around their living room and thinking, oh, it would be nice to have a new couch. But uh, at the same time, I don't want to pay for a new couch because they're like $1,500 at the very minimum. Um, so this, the, the demand for used furniture really spiked um, during that period of time. Um, and that's also when we started with, with Treasure Hunters. So even though there what? was some sort of other companies, there was still enough space for us to, to move around. And why did you, instead of just like um, flipping furniture, what was the 
whole purpose of you like refurbishing or like making it nicer? What was the insight there? Mm -hmm. So that was really, the the idea was really to just make the process as as easy and simple as possible because we've we've done some research, we've talked to our friends and the biggest barriers really to buying used furniture was that people didn't really trust the quality of the items and they didn't want to meet so so many strangers and then something Mm -hmm. is faulty, they can't really return it and the delivery is really like a painful process because you have to get a few friends helping hands and essentially break your back loading in that couch and moving up impossible staircases. So so that's what we, we try to eliminate from the process. That's so many different steps of the process from a buyer's journey, from finding it to like having the need for it to finding it to actually having it in your house. When you're starting out Treasure Hunter, um, which part of the process did you focus on first? Or Mm -hmm. did you have to do all of that all at once? So the main focus really was the delivery, just simply because even when you offered delivery on, let's say, Craigslist for for pieces of furniture, people were interested in, in purchasing them much more. So we just yeah. used to charge like a flat rate delivery, like I think fifty dollars across the Bay Area, and yeah. and we would just deliver it that way in the in the old truck that we used to have. Amazing, mm-hmm. um, multiple use cases for that truck. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the truck, <laughs> up until I think last year, before we launched the marketplace, the truck was definitely still our most valuable asset. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and because you launched during COVID, uh, do you, what what month uh, was that in 2020? Mm-hmm. I think it would be probably around the beginning of 2020, just because I remember that once we started taking a series with, with Treasure Hunters, it was right at the point when we started one of the accelerators. Maybe you've heard about it, the, the whole price accelerator. It's like a university mm-hmm. competition where... Um, essentially like 300,000 students across the globe compete for, for a prize or like a grant. That's awesome. Um, and, and we participated in the, in the campus competition with that idea of treasure hunters, um, just simply because the idea or the goal of the competition that year was to create a sustainable business that creates a net positive impact on the environment with every single dollar earned. And we knew that around 10 million tons of furniture are discarded every single year in North America alone. And just to put that into perspective, that is like, uh, I think we've made a calculation. Four couches being tossed away every single second. So we knew that um, by reducing or by, you know, keeping furniture in circulation, we also reduce the amount of landfill that is created. And yeah, we, we, we ended up winning the in-campus competition, which was extremely exciting. And that was probably around January of 2021. Um, and then we went on to the, to the regional competition where we pitched against a lot of other universities from across the, the, the world. And we won that as well. And then we ended up winning the entire competition, which was very exciting. Did, you, did that provide a seed, seed funding to it? Mm-hmm. So typically um, there's one winning team and they receive a million dollars in seed capital. But just because of COVID and the entire process taking a, a little longer, much longer than expected, the um, the CEO of, of the whole price decided to split the million dollars across 10 teams. So we got $100,000 in capital. Nice. What did that go into? Really, in the beginning, we 
first of all, we were really excited. We never had that much money in, in the bank. So yeah. um, that was quite exciting. But uh, we started by paying some developers that we found on, on I think, AngelList and, and a few other platforms to start developing a marketplace just simply yeah. because we, we wanted to stop handling all the furniture. It really wasn't too scalable. Um, and, and we knew we, we kind of had to build a system around it. And to do that, we yeah. hired those two developers, but, but neither of us was really experienced in the field of management. We didn't know what to tell them. We didn't know how to track progress, especially with, yeah. with developing a platform. Um, so that ended up being quite a waste of money for, for I think, three, three months. And then we decided just to learn everything ourselves. So we built the entire marketplace ourselves after, after learning it for around four or five months. That's incredible. Did you, when you, before you went through that process, did you ever consider like no code? Cause I know there's a lot of marketplaces now built with no code and it's just like using Airtable as a data source. Was that, mm -hmm. did that ever cross your, your guys' mind? I've never heard of no code, to be honest. I know there, that there's yeah. a few like marketplace builders that you can use where you don't really have to code and it's more like a drag and drop system. But we really yeah. wanted to build like a very custom solution to a lot of the problems. And that's at, at least now includes, you know, connecting to separate APIs. So whenever yeah. somebody plugs in their address on our website, there's, we send API calls to GoShare, which is like one of the local delivery partners to Freight Club, which um, is essentially uh, a platform where they compare 30 carriers for nationwide shipping. Um, yeah. So it was it just seemed more feasible to to code it yourself. And now, I mean, all of us were able to code, which is uh, very phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, in such a short period of time, too. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was. That was um, I, you don't you don't hear that often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so you you mentioned that winning that pitch competition, um, getting that seed. I think the 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 um, you're really talking about the circular um, furniture industry, right? Mm -hmm. And why that was important. People, like everything was going to waste. What is the, for, for the consumer side, is the biggest issue that their old furniture goes to waste is because it takes too much time to post it or find other people who might want their furniture? Is that their biggest reason on why you would toss it or are there other reasons? Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, probably a, there's a lot of reasons, but yeah, one of the main reasons would be that the the time to sell furniture is, yeah. is quite extensive, um, especially if if you sell multiple items. You know, if you have to move, um, it's much easier just to you know pay two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars for a waste removal company than to you know set up ten or fifteen different appointments with um, random people from Craigslist. So a lot of yeah. people supposedly and just resort to that option especially you know in high or in urban areas specifically like san francisco new york where the migration and emigration rate is quite high so people move in all the time people move out all the time they buy furniture mm -hmm. from ikea you know it's not supposed to last that long either anyway and then they just end up tossing it gotcha mm -hmm. and you uh cashew launched in the right time it seems where people are often at home i was actually um at that time working for a company called uh, uh, Thumbtack, it's a local marketplace, mm -hmm. and they saw spikes in um, appliance repair 
inquiry on that marketplace because everyone was at home running laundries more than they would normally do it. Mm-hmm. So it would break down. So you guys came in at the right time. Um, where did you find your first uh, like 100 users? Mm-hmm. So the first 100 users, I think mainly through through Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and, and all the other platforms, because what we used to do is, so initially we still had some supply in, in our little storage room that we used to, or that we got through Treasure Hunters. And we used that supply to, to populate Cashew. And then all the listings on Cashew, we would cross list onto all the other marketplaces and essentially direct consumers to, to do the purchase on Cashew. So the first... Yeah. 100 users or like 100 orders was really um, sort of sort of essentially more more sketchy than Craigslist um, because you know you would put in your credit card details on this weird form and then you would exchange emails with the seller and then exchange emails with the buyer and 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 all, the only thing that we you know promise is, is the delivery aspect and a money back guarantee but yeah it, it kind of worked and people people resorted to it so. People trusted putting their credit card on a company that they didn't know yeah. is real or not. Really insane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked out for you guys. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and then the, yeah, uh, this really fascinating. And it's actually a problem that um, I know a lot of people are going through every single day, right? Especially mm-hmm. end of the month or beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, more about the... Uh, the industry itself, where do you think this is going? So your um, platform offers a way where people can essentially extend the life cycle of a said furniture, Mm -hmm. which helps it not go into landfill. Mm -hmm. Um, What what happens? uh, Where do you see this industry going down the line? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially now, I think with, rising inflation in the United States and, you know, lower um, purchasing power across the United States. I think the, the industry is only only ready to expand because mm-hmm. um, people are going to resort to and are already resorting to, you know, buying used furniture instead of new furniture. I think around 50% of Americans already did so in, in 2021, um, buying used goods. So I can, I can only think that this is further going to, going to increase and i think there's going to be a lot more opportunities across the sector um not just mm-hmm. with furniture with electronics with um you know appliances with sporting equipment once people you know realize that there's quite an opportunity in terms of creating some sort of business um by taking out all the fr- frictions such as delivery yeah. quality assurance money back guarantee um i really only see it expanding from here yeah mm-hmm. do you do you see that the so used is interesting because um, the quality of a used couch might be all over the place, right? And I, uh, you do a lot of refurbishing and mm-hmm. um, fixing things up, but do you do you like uh, look at the product first before accepting them into the marketplace? Mm-hmm. So there's there's some sort of curation process. So whenever someone wants to upload an item, it goes through us. We check. But the description is good, you know, all the images are set, that it's a proper category to be, be uploaded to Cashew. Um, but even, you know, in case we miss something, if someone purchases a couch and the couch only has three legs or something, um, it's pretty easy to return it to us. So um, all you have to do is 
send us a message or or reply on on the form on on the website and we um, essentially pick up the item from you bring it back to the seller and you get all the money back i see so <laughs> the the trend on top of cash the trends that cashes are like on top building on top of is like people um, want to extend the life cycle of their furniture they want a trusted place to find the thing including that money back guarantee that they know cashew actually has really high quality, even though it's secondhand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see that behavior just um, becoming bigger, bigger proportion mm-hmm. of a consumer behavior, more than 50% where it is today. Yes, and definitely. all of that leads to cashew growing um, <laughs> and becoming yeah. in yeah more markets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think also in terms of, uh, product categories, I think, would be very exciting to expand to different areas. But yeah, so far we're very happy um, um, with furniture. So yeah, let's see yeah. where the future brings us. But also one one exciting thing I think that is um, quite an opportunity in the space is to partner with a lot of the local resellers, so professional resellers. For us, it is like thrift stores and consignment stores that are struggling mm-hmm. to sell online, especially now that consumers um, want to buy online much more. Um, to provide them with tools to make it super easy for them to upload. And that also kind of brings another layer of security for the end consumer, so for the buyer, because they know that they're purchasing from a trusted business instead of other other peers uploading. Mm-hmm. Do you expect that to be a bigger portion of revenue down the line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that a bigger is. market? Okay, yeah. it already is. Yeah, so we we the main source of, I would say, Supply is really um, professional resellers right now in Cashew. And yeah. we, we started off with individuals, but um, soon we, we realized that the same way that we used to struggle to uh, with, with treasure hunters to sell our furniture, all the thrift stores, all the consignment stores do so as well. So it was just a natural conclusion to help them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about being... So there's a lot of insights that I, I feel like it's unique to lo- local markets, right? Um, buying behaviors like do people in Berlin move as frequently as people in the Bay Area? Like I have no idea. What Are there anything that taught you f- as being like an immigrant from Berlin when you're building it for a U.S. market? Mm-hmm. To be honest, in, in Berlin, um, people definitely move a lot but um, once someone has found an apartment in Berlin they don't move out again so a lot of people are trying to come to the city but there's not so much furniture in circulation I think um, also I've never really dealt with furniture here in, in Berlin so the the only experience is really from San Francisco and and all the peers that I had around me so my my friends and also fellow classmates it really came down to a point where people would call us on like a daily basis to ask us if we can help them to move their stuff from one place to the other or to help them sell their furniture. So yeah. it really seemed like a San Francisco specific problem. <laughs> Interesting. And do you think the markets, um, when you're, you're right now shipping to all over the U S um, and high density markets like SF in New York makes a lot of sense. What, what comes next for mm-hmm. cashew outside of, um, maybe ad- adding additional verticals uh, outside of furniture? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, first of all, definitely some sort of geographic expansion. 
um, up until last week, we were only operating in, in San Francisco or like two weeks ago. Um, and now we just opened a few new markets, which is Miami and also Phoenix, Arizona, and hopefully Chicago as well sometime soon. But yeah, most, most of the, the transactions are still happening through Cashy uh, in, in San Francisco. But in terms of like other verticals, I think one exciting thing would be to include some stuff like sporting equipment, especially for summer. Um, people don't really buy furniture in summer. It's uh, kind of a seasonal oh. uh, business. So, so having something in the summer as well would be, would be quite interesting. <laughs> Why don't people buy furniture in the summer? I think because a lot of people are not spending so much time at home and, you know, they're not really resort to their own or have to resort to the, their own four walls. And they don't think about, um, you know, do I want a more comfortable couch because they're not really sitting on their couch that much. Um, people are traveling. They're doing some some outdoor activities. Um, just, you know, less less money spent in, in into home decoration, I think. <laughs> Interesting. Fascinating. Um, are you ready for the last question? So um, we always close out really at trying to understand uh, immigrant founders or foreign founders by asking, what are you optimistic or hopeful about? Whether And it's an open-ended question there. I mean, I would, I would definitely say the, the circular economy just because I'm, I'm very passionate about um, uh, sustainability in general. I think with all the trends um, aligning, I think the circular economy is just going to gain more traction. A lot of people are going to resort to buying used instead of buying new just because it's going to become a lot more easy. If people can want to find you, like where can they find you personally or the company? Mm -hmm. So the company just cashy.org and me personally on, on LinkedIn, I think. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, Per, it was really great to have you on the show and mm -hmm. great chatting to you about Cashew, about your background and the circular economy. Thank you so much, Andy.